cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. And a very warm welcome to the Barstewards Inquiry Sunday Sermon, a crackerjack show uh, I've got for you today. And two proper bar stewards are with me today. John Ling of John Joe's Blogspot uh, on Facebook. And as always, um, Lorne Marvo is back. I'm hoping that he'll be a, a regular occurrence this year. Uh, how are you guys? Are you both well? All good, thanks. Any up here at bust? I could just see your face saying that, John. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, let's um, let's first talk about uh, Ascot yesterday. And what I found was interesting, guys, was uh, the fact that Betfair are 25% down on turnover since last year. I find that an incredible statistic in just one year. And also, I'm told it's one of the lowest, according to Bet Angel, it's one of the lowest of of all time for the Royal Meeting. Thoughts on this? I'll come to you, Lorne, first. What could be the reasoning behind this, do you think? You've asked me a question that requires an original answer, and uh, I'm not big on originality, but, but I mean, does, is there any sense of, of where that money's gone? Has it gone into, uh, you know, has it, has it gone into uh, bets with fixed odds bookmakers or, or, or do we get a sense that people are just getting bored with the underlying product? So, uh, for, my, for my part, I just think the product's more boring than it's ever been at any time in the past. I mean, I, I, had, I struggled to get any great enthusiasm for Royal Ascot this week and I suspect I'm not the only one. So I just think the, the product is on, on its deathbed, really, and uh, and probably reflected in those figures. Mm, I think. I think. I mean, that could be some of it. I mean, we've certainly got no, no concrete evidence. The only evidence I've got, obviously, I've suffered personally, and that's when I've had tremendous problems with my Betfair account in terms of affordability checks. Oh. And there's, there's there's so many people I've heard that fell by the wayside of these checks, um, because they were they were basically calculating on gross deposits mm. rather than net deposits so so if you were winning it, it didn't matter if you were winning if you said putting 10 grand into your account in last week the, uh, the sirens would go off and if you weren't willing to provide uh, bank statements and and mortgage statements and everything else to them they weren't laying you back on mm. and, and, I, and i think that's something something to do with it john do you think that that's something that could be to do with it you just worried the living shit out of me when you said the sirens go off. If you put until <laughs> I must be at the point where I'm going to have to sell a kidney. Um, Another one? How many you got? I'm more machine than man these days. <laughs> um, I think the, the problem therein lies with racing and it's refusal to sell this sport as a betting medium. I mean, I, I, well, I tried to have words with Rod Street this morning, but it, as expected, there was, no, there was no response to my tweet back to him. He, he, he did a tweet saying, racing loves to beat itself up on a regular basis, but every single race from Royal Ascot broadcast on terrestrial and digital TV this week is something to celebrate. 
and what a tremendous week it was. Mm. Well, I've put racing as a bigger problem, in my opinion, in that it's far too ready to pat itself on the back. When race, as the races this week have shown, its performance has been way below what is required for so-called championship racing. How can a middle yeah. track, track roll you out of winning? And again, that stems from a punting perspective, which generates the money. If mm. people don't think they can win, or they think somebody's playing with a double-edged coin, they're not going to play. Yeah, bang on. I mean, I mean, the, the, the way I see it is that bookmakers now, for, for for well, I'd say for the last five years, definitely, um, that they're not selling the dream anymore that you can win big. Um, it's it's it used to be when I was growing up that you could, if you if you were good enough, you could go on track, you could have five hundred, a thousand pounds on no problem, you could go anywhere, anywhere you want. I used to go into Sheffield, Fitzalan Square. There were four bookmakers in Fitzalan Square. I used to go, I'd, I'd get two hundred pounds on a four to one shot, no problem in each bookie. So I would I would have eight hundred pounds on at four to one, uh, done in five minutes, and then back off back off home. I toddled. Now, in this day and age, you, you can't, for example, you can't go into a bet, Fred, or something like that, and, and win more than hundred pounds. If you if, if you're a stranger and you back a horse to win more than hundred pounds, um, they, they, they sometimes refer that to to, to management, or, or they'll they'll make note of you. you. You wouldn't last five minutes, you know, like trying to trying to get bets on. So you, you, they're not selling the dream to anyone that wants to do it. So therefore, you, if you're relying on levy funding. You're not going to get it because people aren't being sold that dream. That's that's no. how I see it. But but the, the dilemma and not being an apologist for ITV or the racing post is the, the problem is that in wider society, gambling is the new tobacco. So both the racing post and ITV, uh, for them, gambling is the elephant in the room. So they've got to try and find lots of other things about the racing experience to highlight to make up for the fact that they can't promote gambling is the main reason anyone switches on ITV racing on a Saturday afternoon. So hence we have, you know, endless features on, uh, you know, the, the buffet that some of the, the, the top Johnnies are enjoying at Royal Ascot. You've got fashion pieces, you've got the social stable and all that kind of stuff. But actually the central reason why people switch on is gambling, but they can't promote it because, you know, doubtless they're going to get their wrist, wrist slapped for promoting gambling as a, you know, as a, as a recreational endeavour, that's the problem they've got, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's certainly not a big price. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna ban gambling advertising. I no. mean, not, not a big price. No. So yeah, um, yeah. So there is problems for racing going forward. Lots of problems for the BHA. I'm sure that um, they're, they're, they're well onto this and they're, they're, they're on the case. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll we'll move on to the review of yesterday, which um, uh, was certainly an interesting day. It wasn't my best day by any stretch of the imagination. That was crap, crap yesterday. Um, John, uh, how was uh, your punting yesterday overall? Uh, better than it had been since Juan Elcano won in about five years ago. It seems like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say I know you picked out the um, uh, the Golden Gates winner at a bigger price than what it went off at uh, Fox's yeah. Tales. That, that uh, was good. I got away with that one. It was uh, it was probably a hearty vote of thanks to Sil for jumping ship. I think there. Um, and just as an aside, there I thought it was a deplorable race on the owner's other one. Uh, 
yeah. poking it into the lane, and then I went to strangle it when it went game on him. Um, yeah. But it seems like we're turning into a Knoxville show, aren't we, at the minute? Um, I think I think with I think with good reason to be honest I think he, uh, especially the last couple of seasons uh, he's he's class one uh, results I've looked at some stats on him today and they do bear it out class class ones in the last couple of years he's poor um, you know mops up all the crap um, you know but when 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 he's asked to ride in class one races and probably use his brain there's, yeah. you know, there's, there's not a lot there um, Chesham. We'll start there. Anything in that that, that took your eye? Jot, start with you, John. Anything that took your eye? Well, I thought for a change, I thought we actually had a nice two year old race. I mean, people say oh, it's because there were two big yards that fought out the finish. But I, I did think they both looked two nice horses, these two. Um, Aiden's horse showed tremendous guts, I thought, because I, I don't think that was suited to the ground at all. I think. Uh, there's maybe two ways Gosden's ass could go, mind you, given the braiding and that, and Grady Betty's penchant for braiding nutcases. Um, I w- probably wouldn't want to be back in that uh, anti-post for anything, but I, I could see Point Lonsdale taking very high rank among the Aidens two-year-olds this year. Yeah, for me, I, I said I said I said on the the Friday show that the the, the gate on this is it's 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 got a big stride and and I, I do like the horse going forwards. I was a bit disappointed in Ryan that he was a bit negative on it and and the, the horse was sort of taking a little bit of a grip early. They weren't negative at the Curragh in the maiden. They just they just they just bombed it straight out and got on yeah. with it. And for whatever reason, he wanted to take a pull, and I just I, I didn't get that because. I thought all the horse just basically gallops, so you're not you're not riding it for foot. I mean, it didn't overhaul the Queen's horse by a turn of foot; it just wore it down. So I never understood the taking a pull at all. It just did, I thought I even said him running. I thought there's no upside there. Um, and basically, I had a, I had a small bet on it pre-play, and I laid off my stake out uh, shorter than SP because I did feel that was a mistake from Ryan, and it nearly was because the pace was only modest and obviously Frankie nearly got away with it on Reach for the Moon and it only just got wore down close home so mm-hmm. so I, I was right Ryan was wrong um, so I've no idea why he took a pull maybe it's to you want to teach it to, to race differently I, I don't know but it, it wasn't a punter's choice anyway uh, any, any thoughts there for you Chris? No I mean I, I tell you what I did though I, I did actually bet the winner which was extraordinary but I, I echo those sentiments <laughs> it did seem to take a, take an age to get going didn't it it just sort of almost it wasn't in slow motion but it seemed just to gallop the, the other one into submission a little bit and I, I thought it was a bit odd that they sort of held it up and rode it for a turn of foot which it clearly hasn't got at this point so yeah more of a futurity horse mm. than a than a, a Dewhurst horse, I would say. Um, that'd be that'd be where I'd be leaning with that further down the line. They'll obviously mop up some crap in Ireland mm. uh, in between and, and so on and so on. But that's where I think uh, Point uh, Lonsdale will end up. Um, right, we'll go on to the jersey. Uh, creative Force. Uh, Mikey Olding was very keen on this on ATR. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think it was stay. I was badly wrong. Um, it absolutely pissed up down the middle as well um, of the track, which everyone thought, well, that's not the place to be. Uh, so, John, Chris, thoughts here? Ooh, I mean, I, I was quite impressed by it, actually, given the 
Um, the fact that it came up the middle, I thought that that was, I mean, I wasn't expecting that either. So, yeah, I mean, I, look, I mean, it was an impressive performance, but kind of, it was a bit so what, I think. It wasn't, didn't really set the pulse racing, but maybe that's just me. Yeah. Uh, John, any, anything in this that you thought either, you know, caught the I, eye or? I, I thought it handled the conditions admirably, but I thought there was a hell of a lot in the race. Palpably failed to handle the conditions. I mean, I, I was amazed at Cartoon. I mean, that never went a step. No. Um, no, I was, I was disappointed. Obviously, I had a big bet on that. And, um, yeah, I mean, considering that one on soft at um, wherever the hell. At Nace. Yeah. At Nace. Yeah. They know, weren't delighted with that, were they, afterwards? Aiden wasn't no. I, mean, I, think, I think you should have expected an awful lot better from that. Even though it was, like, up in class, you know. I mean, I... I was, I was very surprised how badly that ran. Um, and as I say, I, th- I think it was one of the few to to cope. Yeah, again, again, I, I, I'm, I don't. It's turn of the week, really, John. But I'm a, I le- I'm left a bit flat by it in terms of like form going forward. But, yeah. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe it'll work out. But that's that's what it just left me a bit flat. Uh, move on to the Hardwick and another expensive race for me, where I did my bollocks. On Illarab, um, which patently, well, on this occasion, didn't didn't handle the uh, the step up in cra- in class, um, so I was wrong there. Uh, John, anything that that, you, that took your eye here? Uh, I, I mean, I haven't seen any evidence, but visually, I thought it was a bit patchy pace-wise. I, I, I thought that the started okay, and then they slowed it down and. It, it looked as though they didn't know whether they wanted to go like uh, a swinging sort of gallop or, or crawl initially. And I don't think that suited a lot of horses in this. Illarab included. Um, you know, I mean, you'd, you'd have to be pleased for the winner and, and what have you. But I, I don't think she's done any more than run to a rating, really, because otherwise you've got... Brum would have probably been nothing 120, which I'm I'm sorry, I mean, all evidence points to the fact that he's not a 120. You know, I mean, if you give a running to a rate and he comes out at 118, which is probably about where he is at his absolute optimum, and uh, you, you give him thunderous 112 as well, which again, it'd be open to debate whether it, he's got anything approaching that in the bank either, you know? Yeah. Do you think uh, Ice Ground's sort of gone dead? It, it ran at the same rate, and I give it at Leicester, um, 104, which is probably what, what all it is, really. Yeah, surprised how that's regressed. Um, uh, Chris, anything for you in here that, that well, caught your eye? Well, Illarab, I mean, he was beat a long way out on that, wasn't he? So I'm not sure whether that horse actually gave his running or not. But I knew he was stuffed, I think, when Hayley Turner tipped it up. So I think that was rip the fucking slip up at that point wouldn't it really i mean we're done for so yeah <laughs> good stuff right we'll move on to the diamond jubilee uh dream of dreams winning and the stallion john the stallion he's had fifty thousand on it according to the slip he was holding up in the uh in the posh pad on on, on bloggers uh twitter twitter feed fifty thousand dream of wow. dreams john I think they've probably uh, put the decimal point in the wrong place and let him keep the ticket as a memento. <laughs> when we corrected it back to his father, he's, that's the ticket he's actually handed in to get weighed in with his score. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it, personally, if I if I if I had fifty k on uh, a horse, 
I don't think I, I think I think it's it's been cashed in by now and back to the bank card. Uh, yeah. I certainly wouldn't be parading it around to be getting uh, it. Anyway. It was 50,000 Zimbabwean pounds, though. So, um, <laughs> so I think it's about eight pence, isn't it? I don't know that mob. I don't know whether they, whether that's right or not. It doesn't seem right to me, but I'm always wrong. When, when, when United had such a bad day, we were selling BJs in the car park after this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to, back to the race. Uh, Dream of Dreams uh, winning the race uh, for Sir Michael Stout. He's only winner of the uh, uh, of this meeting, but he did. It's one better than he got last year, John. Yeah, um, it's about as good as he could have hoped for, really, given the team he sent. One or possibly two winners this week. He's supposedly fairly satisfied with that. Um, maybe it's really a, a race that probably worked out okay. Um, you could make a good case for Glenn Shale, at least I thought I did. Um, Art Power was really solidly backed, wasn't it? Um, Tim's arse, you know, and ran, and ran a very solid race, really, trying to lead all the way. Um, you just can't see those tactics paying off for it in races either around here or maybe even here, can you? You know, so I think they've got a problem there. They need to teach this to just maybe drop in behind a little bit or something. Um, because it's not going to win over five at York either. So, do we think Sill was a bit aggressive? You know, here we are, we're in the Knox Hill Club again, aren't we? But yeah. <laughs> well, he seemed he seemed to want to kick and kick and kick. You know, quite you know quite early. I felt. Well, um, this is it. You know, I mean, you can't imagine Tim saying, "Well, get out in front and keep improving your position." You know, so I don't know. I, I, I thought it was Harry Skelton riding that the way he kicked so good. <laughs> hell. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he <laughs> kicked eight out, didn't he? That was it. Yeah. yeah. Acceleration all the time, wasn't he? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I think if you if you put like maybe O'Sheen on that, I think I think that it's probably gonna go close there there with Dream of Dreams, I think. I think O'Sheen and Irene less Less busy, I think, than what Sil was. Um, but there we go. Uh, Dream of Dreams does it for Stout and made uh, Mikey Olding happy on ATR. I, yeah. I get quite quite addicted to his voice. It's quite 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 soothing on a bad day. <laughs> Don't um, you get sick of cricket and become a racing pundit? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I, do you know what? I, I I like the way he speaks. You know, I he, he, sp- he also speaks like a punter, and I think that that I think that's what. Like he's lacking a lot of the time, you know. Like it's either form book speak from like uh, Lynch and a few others on ATR, or it's complete and utter, you know, uh, idiots like Alex Hammond that just, you know, just offer nothing. And and I, I just thought Mikey was um, extremely refreshing. So yeah, I he's got an amazing voice, hasn't he? I mean, a little tip: here, you don't ever go for a drink with him and Tony Cozier because you've got no chance whatsoever of pulling. <laughs> We've both got these wonderful deep brown voices and I sound like Harold Bennett on acid. So, you know, you just you're outside of a three by a long run. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll move on to the uh Wokingham. And it was won in impressive fashion, really, the way it did it, coming from last just about to to first. It was a ridiculous pace. But um Rohan, a three year old uh, off 112, some performance. 
chaps. Mm. One for the good guys, that was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tweeted yeah. about this yesterday, and, and, and to be honest, the new owners, uh, yeah. I haven't got a pro- problem with it all. At all. Um, it's Chris Carly Racing, and, and you, the, the, the father of the owner, he's the former Charlton... Uh, did he have... What is it? Was he a Middlesbrough goalie as well, John? Dean Kiley? I don't know. I don't know. I, it was Charlton, probably Charlton West Ham. He was more. Yeah. But obviously, he was a he was a he was a top top keeper. Yeah, and I've got no, yeah, I've got no problem with, with these these current connections. But I've got a problem with the previous ones. I mean, they they were just varmints. I mean, they 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 were they were, you know. I mean, when it won at Newcastle, so I think someone had the call to tell me it was off at Newcastle. That it wasn't. Um, not only did I have info to say it wasn't. Anyone that we are for brain, just watch the ride back from Mullen. He had he couldn't do anything. <laughs> he just he just sat there at the back. Everything yeah. stopped, and he's just he's 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 going he's going through them like a knife through butter, not moving. He's not. <laughs> Horse was doing it himself. He was saying, "Come on, <laughs> chop chop." Um, yeah, it was it was an amazing it was an amazing run. Um, and then in the end, the last sort of like half furlong, he realised. Well, I can't just I can't just sit here like a cutout. And then he starts to ride, and and he obviously then you know proves that fifty five was probably the most ridiculous piece of handicapping ever. And um, I mean, the, the Dara Keenan one upset me because when it got beat to Bravado at Lingfield, you know, I actually said to uh, Christian Strangeway, who obviously people know, and I said to him, I said, I said, do you actually think? He stopped that, and 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 we we thought he had. We we thought that's not overconfidence. That that literally is, you know, that that you can't. You, that it's just it's blown it. He, he, but obviously he's, he's not going to say that, is he? So he obviously told you as he's, it's you know, he felt he felt they come back to him and all this rubbish. Um, and it's just as I said, the rest is history. So he's managed to get that beat off eighty five somehow. On nineteenth of February, he's managed also to get it beat to Norton Thorpe Boy. Of, of Phil Mac and Cheese, and, and then all of a sudden, for some strange reason, it's um, improved massively. You would probably possibly prefer. Mm. So there we go. Anyway, the, back to its performance. I'm not cribbing that because it was run in one fifteen flat, just about, which was just slightly slower than Dream of Dreams. Now you take into account it's carrying five pound more than Dream of Dreams. You also take into account it had got seven pound weight for age from Dream of Dreams. So in essence. Rohan would have beaten Dream of Dreams. I know it doesn't work out like that, but but that's that's the that's the scenario there on time, John. You'd be hard pressed not to give it 120 at least for that, wouldn't you? It's just a stunning performance. Um, I mean, I, I did think Dragon Symbol was the best uh, three-year-old sprinter of of this season. Hence, backing it for the uh, for the uh, Commonwealth. Yeah, the, yeah. and. Um, so yeah, it, it was. But if they met now, I don't know. Um, I, I suppose it depends on race pace because obviously, if, they, if if there's not much speed on, then then Dragon Symbol would beat Rohan. If there's plenty of speed on, then probably Rohan would beat Dragon Symbol, like yeah. like a head maybe. Quite interesting in the July Cup, wouldn't it? Really, um, I'm assuming the both in the July Cup. Um, Especially given the fact that Jamie James is fast to long, so I would expect that the same there. I'm just having a look at Rohan, actually. So no entries for this horse, so he's got it in and out. 
So that's pretty poor planning from Dangerous Dave, isn't it? You have it in Clyne yeah. River, Brampton soon, I'm sure. Get down. But, I, mean, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, it's got an amazing... It's probably the best division out of all our, our cla- or potential clashes for the flat season. The six furlong division's probably looking the best with, with, the, with the three-year-old sprinters taking on the elders. That's probably the most fascinating clash, clash I'd say, this season, I would say. Could you think of a better one? Yeah, actually, it's looking... Much better than everything else at the minute, isn't it? Well, the the the, the Myler division is basically Palace Pier against uh, the yeah. nasty, nasty gyms. Yeah. Um, the the Stain division is the is probably uh, the, the the Philly Snowfall. Uh, she's probably better than the Colts, but yeah, I, again, I, I don't. I mean, I'll, I'll, what 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 would Snowfall be doing rest of this season? Do you think? Have you any idea? Have you read anything that Aidan said for Snowfall? Well, you'd expect Aidan to bar the pants off us with an Irish Yorkshire Yorkshire Oaks, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, yeah. You know, because I mean, we'll have love for the the key races, you would have thought, such as King George, um, possibly the Judmont as well, you know. So you couldn't say love and that one running, could you? No, no, not at all. Um, right, just briefly, in the last couple of races, because we're running short on time, um, the, the Golden Gates handicap where you tip John Fox's tails uh, shrewdly kept to the inside under Oshin, probably where the better ground was as well, and, and absolutely bolted up despite hanging back across the track. Um, and I back Glentanius in that. That shaped really well, by the way, folks. Uh, when that gets uh, good to soft, soft ground again, over a, probably another two furlongs, uh, you're going to see a proper, proper, proper horse. That will win a really nice handicap, Antonius. Anything, anything in that race, chaps, that you liked? Well, it's Brian Mean, though. That's the problem, isn't it, really? That's the and Martin Dwyer. Yeah, well, yes, quite, quite forgotten that. Yeah, that, that, that's, but yeah, it did shape well, but oh, Brian Mean is just not one for me, really. But I'm sure his family loved him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, anything in there for you? Well, obvious bias here, but I, I was impressed with the winner. I thought it did it quite nicely, even though everything absolutely went right for it. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I think it will go on and prove itself listing class at the very least, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's more, there's plenty of scope in it, John. I, I really do. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it will make, st- it makes a stakes off. So. I don't think it's a either. The Varian House at Sill Road, I don't think I'd rate that off ridden properly. No. But is it going to get ridden properly while it's in that ownership? That's the. Well, that's that, that's the problem. Um, the the uh, the jumpers bumper to finish an old <laughs> old wicked Willie had his uh, had his med- medicine chucked in the, the Tony Blue Horse, John. Yeah, I mean, again, again, I don't think it's even had its rating to win that. Because uh, otherwise, I mean, you 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 put Carl in the wind up an enormous amount anyway. Uh, I, I kind of use the Grand Vizier as me marker horse, which again would would sort of indicate to me that if the handicapper has a say after this, uh, the winsome Venetia has knackered things up a bit with Green Book's handicap mark by running in this and finishing fifth. I mean, the current rating is 86. You'd be hard pressed for that not going up a stone now, um, and 
She hasn't done herself any favours, really. I don't know what she got for finishing fifth yesterday, but I don't think it's adequate compensation. Oh, there was no prize money for fifth either, so she's she's done it for now. Well, if if, if you give Stratum its mark of 112, uh, Greenbook comes out 104. Yeah. Mm. So. He's going up a stone, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I used to have a, have a quarter in that. Um, but, yeah, he's uh, obviously sold. Uh, Christian took it to France to run. Um, don't think he ever got on in France. And then and then uh, Venetia's got it and absolutely pissed up at Chester. Um, didn't, like you say, it's probably a daft race to run in for him because, like you said, it will only go up now. So I don't know what the handicap will make of that. Whether it has to rate Stratum probably £10 below form, you know, to... To, to be realistic, but I don't I don't know if Andy Capper will do that. Um, but anyway, we'll see what happens with that. Um, right, on to your questions. Um, and we've got three this week. And the first one I will take is from uh, Ian Davis. He says, guys, racing post these days, um, <laughs> is it meant to be a specialist industry trade paper? Apart from its database form, is there anything to recommend it whatsoever to the serious punter? You two. Thoughts on this? Well, I, I, I've already sort of alluded to it. I mean, I don't think it knows what it wants to be anymore. I mean, it, it is a, a vastly overpriced comic now, isn't it? And I think all the previous journalists, you know, and, and I mean, in the, in the correct sense of the word, people that have got real craft and skill and experience have either retired or been given the boot. And they've been replaced largely by kind of bloggers uh, and enthusiasts. And, and the problem with that kind of strategy is, and it's not just racing, is that these kind of people who are who join these jobs exhibit a word that I hate, which is passion, right? And, and passion is often uh, misunderstood and confused with skill. Now, I've got passion for Tesco's strawberry donuts, right? I eat loads of them. But at no point, having consumed a packet of them, do I think, you know what? I could be a patisserie chef because I love donuts so much. And this is the problem with when you recruit people who have enthusiasm and passion, but without the requisite skill. And so, you know, that, that's the problem I think the Racing Post has got. Plus, they can't be seen to be actively promoting punting. So they pack it out with lots of sort of lifestyle features and, you know, what a jockey has for breakfast, all that kind of crap. And that's the dilemma they've got. And I think that's true across a lot of the horse racing media. Sure. John, do you want to add to that? Well, I think the post needs to stand up for the the punting angle and have a bit of confidence in the product. You know, I mean, it, it is a racing paper, allegedly, and they should feel comfortable about promoting the punting angle. And if not, they should be capable of arguing a case as to why they should promote the punting angle. You know? Um, I don't think it offers a great deal other than a fairly pricey option for collating your own notes and ratings. Um, I must admit, I very rarely read any of the articles these days. Uh, My enthusiasm for those sort of died when Paul Hayes left. Um, I'm, My point exactly. Paul Hyde, very experienced, talented journalist. But, yeah. but, but there seems to be a dearth of those people now involved in the sport, I think. Well, yeah. he, he sort of summed it up in his open resignation letter to Millington, didn't he? Mm. 
you know, it's, it's like a glorified tipping sheet, and it's kind of what it was at the time when Paul left. Yeah, good points, guys. Um, yeah, from my perspective, I could complete, completely concur with what you both said. Right, next question from Rob Jackson. He says, do you think it's unfair uh, to water tracks at all? Shouldn't we at least have, have certain meetings that have natural ground? Well, we've got one in bar. Mm. Um, but, um, John, thoughts? Yeah, sadly, we have no big meetings at Bath, have we? Uh, <laughs> I couldn't get up the hill, that's the problem. <laughs> that, that is the problem. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Mario was on water, and I think it's slowly but surely ruining every decent track in the country. Um, you know, I think the only way forward, and we won't see it would be when there's tapita down everywhere, you know, because this this can't be maintained as it is. No, you're gonna. I mean, it's like we talked about on the show the other night about drainage drainage systems at tracks, and then you have to put more on, and and so on and so on, and and and, and the, the the trainers, the jocks, they, they all seem they all seem to want it. They all, or the, the the trainers certainly do because. If the trainers didn't want it, they'd, they'd be saying, they'd be saying, oh, we can't have this, can't yeah. You know, so they're yeah. the ones that's calling There's very the really few trainers speak out about it. I mean, I know the kilts had a few pops when uh, when he's had a glut of firm ground horses in the yard. And Joe Lyons has been a big critic of all the watering in Ireland. But in the main, they keep the trap shut in in the off chance that they get one that needs a bit of dig in the ground and they can put pressure onto Clarks to water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just going back to uh, Ascot and the, the sill bashing, um, Paul Richardson uh, said he read a, a stat in the purse that basically Sill's gone a year at Ascot without a win and, and that 35 rides since a win. So <laughs> just, just, just more silver. The bash in there. Um, I don't think unless, unless they have a quarter horse race at Ascot, I don't think Sill's going to ease that drought anytime soon. Get Bob Baffert over and train those quarter horses. He's commanded, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sill's I mean, just a fantastic gate jockey, he really is. But that's it. Um, Andrew Woodman with our final question, John, and he says, Is it right that race courses are getting a five figure sum in media rights for every race? I believe they are, Andrew. I believe it's £10,000 a race. Is it time for a rule that a race, uh, a race prize money must be worth at least half the value of the race's media rights? And how do you think the BHA would react to such a suggestion, John? Well, it's all a bit. Odd, really, about who's in charge of this money and who isn't. I mean, uh, does it go to the BHA? Does it go to the RCA? What happens to it when they pay for these media rights? Because if the race courses are getting it, I would assume it goes to the Race Course Association, wouldn't it? Well, I, I'm not actually sure how it works, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No the, one does. That's the problem. The jiggery perky of who gets, you know, who, 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 dist- who distributes it. Obviously, when I've been an owner in the past, it comes from Weatherbees, just goes into your, yeah. into, in, you know, in, into your into your bank. Um, but I've 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 never I, I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you what, you know what, what who's got the cash. But anyway, that that's that. I mean, to face tracks that are putting on prize money, if they're getting ten thousand pounds a race, it's disgraceful if they're putting on races that are worth certainly less than five thousand pounds. You know, in in total prize money. Um, I. 
the BHA also offer grants for the, the, the playing down to eighth place as well. But I just think the tracks are being very greedy. If, 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 but that's what the tracks want. They just want, especially art tracks, they want wall-to-wall, you know, class six junk that, that are paying nothing because they don't, and they're still getting the 10,000. Oh. You know, it's, it's brilliant, fantastic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a good business. Um, and and I, I think that's where, again, you know, we're sending Macy down a terrible, terrible path. And, and again, BHA, wakey-wakey. Um, anyway, yeah. So, right, that's the question for this week. Move on to a couple of topics that, that I picked and thought would be interesting. Charles Burns' son, Cathal Burns, has taken over the licence. Um, Cathal and Charles, well, Cathal was the one that, that allegedly was, uh, you know, uh, well, he was the one looking after the horses. He was the one looking after Viking Ford that day. Um, he was the allegedly the one that... that um, uh, administered the the tackle. Obviously, can't prove it. There's no no cameras. There's no no. I've no evidence. But but you know, putting two and two together, we'll make five then. And um, Cathal Lynch has now been given a license to uh, to take over the the training there. Thoughts on that, chaps? All for giving young people a chance and a leg up in the sport, Lee. I mean, you know, <laughs> I can't see how you'd be against that. You know, got to <laughs> got to widen the appeal of the game. Well, that's yeah. it. You know. It's, it's, <laughs> You, I mean, can't, you, know. you can't, you can't, you can't a young lad for trying. That's uh, Susie Best got a great, you know, on train to the sport. I mean, I think it's, I'm all for it myself. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, and in other news, there are moves to uh, reanimate Peter Sutcliffe and put him in charge of re-educating sex workers. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, precisely. Or lorry drivers, one of the. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I do think horse racing Ireland. Uh, I mean, are as bad as. As the BHA, really, I, I, the, the, the way they run their sport is probably, probably worse. I don't, I don't know. I mean, with the, with the drugs and everything else, it's probably worse. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, it's, it's just, it's just making the game a laughing stock. Anyone could literally do anything without any punishment, basically. Um, what's the solution? I don't know. I, I haven't got the answers, but it's certainly, certainly laughable. It's a bit like um, getting a clone of somebody like Rio. Ferdinand, say Rio Ferdinand, when he didn't take his uh, uh, drugs test that time when he was playing for Manchester United. It's a bit like creating a clone of Rio Ferdinand and then just saying, well, he can play instead. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's just that's that's it. It's just no difference. Uh, it's just a waste. It's a, it's a circus. It's a circus, a com- complete circus. Anyway, move on to. Um, uh, our last issue uh, that I brought. It's a mid-season trainers and jockeys report that I thought you'd find interesting. Um, basically, jockeys that are doing well so far in 2021 and jockeys not doing so well and so on, so on. So I'll start with the jockeys. And I use a barometer called winners above expectation. So basically, it work, it's worked out what odds they ride and the amount of winners they should have rode and who's doing better than that and who's doing worse. Well, at the top this season, um, Marco Gianni, um, he's he's right at the top, 13 winners of expectation. Ross Ryan up there, mm-hmm. Mark Crean, um, he's up there, 10 winners above expectation. Um, Oshin, the, the, the champ, he's seven winners above expectation. Some interesting ones at the bottom, though, chaps, right? And, and I'll, I'll fire this off to you. Uh, ben Curtis, 10 winners below expectation this year. Um, found, find, found that quite odd. Holly Doyle. Eight winners below expectation this year. Is that due? To, is that her being overbet, or is she riding too many crap horses? I ask you guys. Oh, 
574 rides she's had this season, which is more than Luke Morris got. Yeah. Um, I personally don't think Holes is the best at settling them. Um, if there's not a lot of pace on, uh, I think that's a bit of a flaw with her at the minute. Yeah. I'm sure it's something she'll get better at. But I think she's still a little way off being the finished article. So a lot of ability, but I think this is a dangerous time for her because she doesn't want to be believing all the press at the minute about her. Yeah. Is um, is is there any jockeys that you that that you you like or don't like? Do you want me to check the stats now? You know, like like. How is the trailer doing? How, how is what? The doiler. Oh, James Doyle, he's he's below par this this season. So, so our, our assessment is correct. Uh, the Doyler is five winners below expectation this season. Yeah. What about Ed, Edward Hyde? Is he on there? Is he still going? <laughs> Kenny Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> he's still there. Birch. How about Mark Birch? They're big rivals. No, I, I think. What about? I mean, the obvious one. What about Tory? I mean, how does he rank? I mean. Frankie, uh, obviously not riding very much. He's no. he's, uh, he's he's hitting nearly twenty one percent, and he's 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 one and a half winners above expectation. Okay. So Frankie's about, about about par, yeah, for yeah. this season. Yeah. Um, but I, like I said, I was I was amazed at like how low down say Ben Curtis was. Uh, I just couldn't believe that. Why? Do you think that's maybe anything due to the fact he's possibly not used to riding so many that go from the front and he's riding a lot for the Yeah, might be. Possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, and, uh, good, good to see Good to see as well old old stopper Tom down there. Tom Eves, 5% this year. Uh, six winners below expectation. Poor Tom, he's stopping them for everybody. It's what everyone's doing at minute. Third run, sick Tom on, you know. The lads won three abbeys. You know, he doesn't get. You know, he's won three three abbeys at Longchamp as Tom, and and he, and it's, he, he's going round. You know, game float ups for all third runs. Oh, the Queely or Eves get the Tom. Yeah. <laughs> feel sorry for Tom Eves. Give give Tom a chance. It's wrong. Yeah. With, it, it's wrong. Anyway, yeah. moving on to the uh, the the trainers. Um, I thought there were some def- definitely interesting ones. Um, and. <laughs> the t- top of the list is uh, David Bowie. He's on um, uh, 25% this year. Incredible strike rate. 11 winners above expectation. Grant Chua is up there. 25%. 25 winners from 99 runners. But you never give uh, us any tips for those, Lee. What's going on? You're hitting those to yourself. <laughs> All that information that's coming out of that yard, you're fucking sitting on it, aren't you? Listen, listen. He's, he's, he, 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 he never says anything. He's, oh. he's watertight. He's not, one, not one for the owners in the yard. You know, have a few quid on this. They won't no, no, no. And he looks like a cop shit, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I promise I won't tell anyone, yeah. yeah. Um, but what, again, I'll go. I'll go to the ones that are doing really bad this year. And there's some really big names down here, really big. Well, I think really big. Um, uh, Michael Appleby, um, 13 right. winners below expectation for the Ooh. for the cock watchers. Um, Simon Chris, Simon and Ed Crisford. Wow. Uh, 11 winners below expectation. Having a shocking season. He'll be sacking um, the Yeah. Um, well, well, who, who rides, who rides for Simon? The Doyler, the Doyler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, 
So who is it? Is it Simon and Ed or is it the Doyle? Who's, who's it's, Ed. it's Ed. It was our eight when it was just Simon. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ed. Out. Get Ed, Ed. Ed. I don't care if he's only 11. Yeah, get Ed out. That's what we said. That's the bar stewards ruling for this Sunday. Get Ed out. Get back to um, school, Ed. <laughs> What about Roger Varian? Is he on it? Uh, Roger Varian, yeah, he, yeah, of course, Roger will be on. Um, yeah. Roger, this season, obviously, they, they, they usually get over bet, but he's, Ooh, he's yeah. just about par. He's, he? he's about one one winner above expectation. Right. So, one I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> Fucking two uh, on chance somewhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just to just to finish off, others with bad seasons so far, um, everyone is George Scott, terrible six percent. Yeah. Um uh, Adrian Keatley, I mean he was he was when he trained in Ireland, he was coming over with a juice and winning yeah. for fun up at air. He's two percent this year. Oh. Um poor Stan Moore's one from ninety four. Poor Stan. Um <laughs> Baron doing? I thought he was dead, Stan Moore. Uh, uh, I'll go on to the Baron in a sec. Um, James Fanshaw, he's doing no good on eight percent. Carl Burke, um, just on ten percent. That's that's for a trainer like him. That's pathetic. Um, so Michael Stout, John, he's um, what are we? He's ooh three winners below expectation. Um, is is the Baron? So after a good start to the season, he's tailed off a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all all Ooh. interesting going forward, but I was surprised by some of the the, the, the big names. Chrisford down there, yeah. Ed, out. That's that that's the sermon message. Right, going to finish the show uh, this week with a, with a lovely hands. Have you got any lovely hands uh, you'd like to uh, add, anyone? Other than my own, no, nothing. Nothing. Uh, John. No, my future may lie as a model of gloves, but no, no. <laughs> yes. And model. <laughs> <laughs> right, my, my, my one for this week, uh, just quickly to finish, is Roger Charlton's Nadine. Uh, ran at Haydock yesterday uh, under Trevor Whelan, uh, con- converted jump jockey to the flat. Uh, absolutely not off a yard. It was third. You could see in the final furlong, he was at pains. He, he was not going any closer. Um, it ran behind Minerva, that really good one of uh, Godolphin's on debut, finished sixth under Safi. And finish well. Um, they, they'll not want any more than about 75. And you can bet your life that if they're in a decent maiden next time out on the third run for the mark, they'll bury it. If they're in a crap maiden, they'll probably try and win it and hope that there's a bunch of crap and they end up with 75, 76. But I think this is mid 80s. I think this is a mid 80s stain filly. She's by Golden Horn and she's related to Sheikh Zayed Road, um, which you'll probably know well. And um, I think she's won. One for later this season. I really do in stain handicaps, mile and four, mile and six. She'll be eight, mid eighties at least. So that's Nadine Roger Charlton. So hope you enjoyed the show. A few talking points there. If you want to get back to us on Twitter with any thoughts on what we've said today and how stupid we are, <laughs> feel free to do so. That's all from me, Chris and John, and we'll be back on Friday as normal. Bye for now.